everyone, you're welcome to Christian Therapy Podcast. It is your host, Aisha Barano. Let's get into today's episode. So today we're going to be studying from the book of Ephesians and we're going to be reading chapter four. Um, like I always say on this podcast, make sure you go back and read the whole chapter for yourself. I'm only selecting a few um, verses from this. Um, and also it is one of my favorite um, books and also one of my favorite chapters. So I will suggest that you actually take time to read it properly. Even myself, I'm going to read it again and again and again. Um, okay, let's get into it. So I'm reading from the Passion Translation today. Um, and I'm going to start from Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 4, verse 1. As a prisoner of the Lord, I plead with you to walk holy in a way that is suitable to your higher rank, giving to you in your direct calling with tender humility and quiet patience always demonstrate gentleness and generous love towards one another especially towards those who may try your patience Mm. Mm -mm -mm. so first things first we are called to walk in a way that is holy um in a way that is suitable for um the call to which we have received and that's the thing as christians we have been called into a higher calling Okay, and so it's very, very important that we walk in a way that pleases God, in a way that is worthy of what we have received. Now, if you think about it, think about all of the principles that the Bible always promotes the fruit of the Spirit, you know, love, joy, peace, tenderness, all these things. That's how we should walk, that's what we should walk with and live with, right? Like, anyone should be able to look at you and think wow the way this person comes across this person is definitely a christian because they're walking in love they're working in humility and so on right and so it then continues to say with tender humility and quiet patience always demonstrate gentleness and generous love and from the original translation it's an aramaic word which means stretching so and always demonstrate stretching love what does that mean if something has to stretch that means it's not convenient i know people always say all these things like oh love those who love you blah 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 right but think about it for you to have to for you to get to this point where there is a stretching means that there are reasons for you not to love this person there are reasons for you not to not to demonstrate love towards this person it is it is it is something that discomforts you it's something that pulls you something that stretches you and the truth is love will stretch you if you are really functioning in the way that you should it will stretch you because there are people that would try your patience on a day-to-day basis i'm sure we know that have you met people that just like everything that they do is like ugh. But then yet we have to demonstrate gentleness and we have to demonstrate quiet patience and we have to demonstrate humility and and stretching and generous love towards them. So think about it. Next time you want to flip and throw hands, think about this. Am Am I demonstrating humility, quiet patience, tender love, generous love, gentleness towards this person? hallelujah and then verse 3 says be faithful to guard the sweet 
sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace. Being one body and one spirit as you were all called into the same glorious hope of divine calling. So for me, when I read that, I just think, guard the harmony. And how do you guard the harmony of the Holy Spirit among you? Among you is that among the congregation. Remember, he's directing this to the Ephesian church and to the believers, right? All around the world. So he's saying, be faithful to guard the harmony of the Holy Spirit. Don't be in discord. Don't be having conflict with your family members, your household, people who are in the household of faith, your other Christians, your other, um, you know, congregants, for example. Maintain that, that harmony of the Holy Spirit and maintain that bond of peace. Alrighty, let's move on. So we're going to move on to verse seven, which says, and he has generously given each one of us supernatural grace according to the size of the gift of Christ. So no longer can you say or anyone say, oh, you don't have grace. You have grace. He has given to us supernatural grace, not just any grace, supernatural grace. And if you want to find out more about that, I encourage you to go back and listen to day one of the 30 days um, with the word. If you check it, I believe it's the first. um, Yeah, it's definitely day one. And I think it's titled Supernatural Grace. So it would be easy for you to find. Go back and listen to that. So I'm not going to dwell on that. Okay. Verse 11 talks about how he has appointed some with grace to be apostles, some with grace to be prophets, some with grace to be evangelists, some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. As they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. Now, the big thing here is he has appointed people to do different things. You don't always, you don't have to be a pastor unless you are called to be a pastor, unless you have been given grace to be a pastor. And so just because you are a committed Christian who believes in God, who has the Holy Spirit in you, who is functioning in the, in that capacity, does not mean that you then have grace or you've been given grace for that office. And so it is important that, you know, you don't feel like, you know, for example, you don't feel like, okay, as a Christian, the ultimate goal is to be a pastor. It needs to be if you have been called to be a pastor. These are spiritual things. You cannot just be like, okay, I aspire to be a pastor today. I aspire to be a pastor in the future. You know, is this what God is calling you to do? Has he given you the grace for it? Has he appointed you with the grace for it? But the big thing I want to focus on is that different people have different things they are appointed to do. And so it's important that you do what you're appointed to do. Because if you don't do what you're appointed to do, then you'll function doing something else and taking up space somewhere else where you shouldn't. Imagine you're appointed to be a, let's say, a prophet, and instead you are a content creator or you are something else other than prophet, right? And you don't function in the in the ministry of a prophet at all, right? That basically means that you are leaving room. You're not functioning in the grace that you've been given for that ministry. 
which means you're not helping in that sense to build and enlarge the body of Christ because you're not doing what you've been called to do. It's like if I do what I'm called to do and the next person does what they're called to do, then together we can equip and expand the body of Christ. But if you're not doing what you're called to do, I'm not doing what I'm called to do. How are we going to enlarge and equip the body of Christ? How would we do that? And so I want us to sort of take time to really think about it. Like, what is it that you are called to do? What is it? What? Where are you meant to function? And you could find that the Holy Spirit will be leading you. Okay, join this ministry. Join this this department. Join this. Join this. Do this. Do this. And when he tells you what to do, do it. Okay, and then I would encourage you, like I said, to go back and read all of this because it talks about some beautiful, really, really beautiful things. And But then I will move forward and go ahead to verse um, verse 14. And then our immaturity will end. Now, just to give you some context, what he's saying is that when you're functioning in those ministries until everyone until there's a oneness in the faith as in there's a oneness in the body of the, of christ i.e the church right until everyone experiences the fullness of god right and then becomes mature and perfect and all of that right and then it then talks about the fact that the immaturity will end right and so people will not longer be easily shaking by trouble or led astray and things like that so think about it if you're functioning in your right ministry people as a unit will not be led astray because the whole church will have all of these ministries they will have everything they need the body of christ will have everything it needs to be equipped okay and then if we go to verse 15 it says but instead we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth all our direction and ministries will flow from christ and lead us deeper into him the anointed head of his body the church think about it all our direction and ministries will flow from christ can you truly say that at this point in which you are can you truly say confidently that all your direction and ministries flow from christ can you truly say it that all your directions and ministries flow from Christ. Just think about it. Do you do things before you tell God? Or do you do things because God asked you to? Because God told you to? Or do you plan everything and then you're like, Oh God, 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 please bless this. We move. Yeah? What is it? Which one is it? And so I want to encourage you to make sure that all your direction all your ministry everything that you're doing flows from christ and leads us deeper to him if you have a ministry that does not turn people to christ what are you doing you cannot have a ministry that turns people to you as their lord no the ministry needs to turn people to Christ, turn people into having a deeper relationship with Christ, turn people into having a deeper fellowship with Christ, not you. So I want us to be careful, especially when, like, you know, if you're a pastor or you're a teacher, a leader in some capacity, don't get to the point where 
people and it's not it's not gotten to the point where everyone feels like they have to rely on you for their spiritual growth no turn them towards christ when people come to you saying you know i want you to pray for me yes there's a place of you praying for them but you also turn them back to god tell them okay spend time meditating on the word spend time praying for yourself directly you know don't don't let it get to a point where they are reliant on you but not reliant on god who they should be reliant on they should have faith in god not in you i don't know why i decided to go on that tangent but i feel like it needed to be said so i said it (laughs) all right let's move forward but before that we're just going to do the little advert in between verse 16 for his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one and every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all and as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body we are built up and made perfect in love now what does that mean this means that as a christian you have a responsibility You have a gift that you are meant to contribute to the body of Christ. You have a gift that you're meant to use for the expansion. Think about it. It says that we're closely connected as one. And every member has been given divine gift to contribute to the growth of all. These gifts are not just for your personal growth. They are for the growth of the ministry. They are for the growth. I I take it even one step further. They are for the growth of the body of Christ as a whole. So think about it. Every gift that you have been given, it's time to operate in them. It's time to operate in those gifts. It's time to really dig deep and think, what are these gifts that God has given me? I need to operate effectively. Because if each of us are not operating effectively, then we're not enlarging and making effective the body of Christ, which is the church. We need to each be functioning perfectly, efficiently with every gift that we have been given. We have to be contributing. We have to. That There is no middle ground. There is no, you're either, and that's one of the things I always say, you're either a Christian or you're not. And so if you decide to be a Christian, then you need to function effectively as a Christian. Because you don't just have a personal responsibility. There is also a corporate responsibility. You have a responsibility to the body of Christ. Not your local church alone. You're the body of Christ. The church as a whole. Hallelujah. Okay, let's move on. To verse 17. So with the wisdom given to me from the Lord, I say, you should not live like the unbelievers around you who walk in their empty delusions or opinions. Their corrupted logic has been clouded because their heart is so far from God. Their blinded understanding and deep-seated moral darkness keeps them away from the true knowledge of God. Because of spiritual apathy, they surrender their lives to lewdness, impurity, and sexual obsession. But that is not the way of life that Christ has unfolded within you. If you have really experienced the anointed one and his truth, it will be seen in your life. For we know that the ultimate reality 
is embodied in Jesus. Wow. Well, I can go on and on and on. But let me just cover this for a second. You cannot live the way unbelievers do. You cannot live based on your opinions. I think sometimes as Christians, especially when we live in a society where it's very full on and you know people are constantly having all these opinions that are negatively um that are negative and very different from what the bible says it is not for us to live like them it's not for us to walk around in their delusions and their opinions and agreeing with them it's for us to come out of that it's for us to say okay we don't have a corrupted logic we have the logic based on the word of god and so our true our knowledge truly comes from god and so whatever the word of god says is what we do for example the people of the world say you need to test drive a car like before you before you decide to marry the person first of all i have issues with it being called a car but anyways we'll, we'll talk about that later but my point is people of the world say you cannot judge sexual compatibility without having sex with the person that you're with before you meet them think about that think about that which basically means you have to have sex before marriage essentially that's what the word that's what the opinions the deluded opinions of this world is saying it's saying you cannot base your life on the word of god instead you need to you know get in there and, and, and check but no as a christian no 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 a thousand times no that is not what the word of god says the word of god does not encourage sexual impurity sexual obsession of any kind the word of god says no sex before marriage so what are you going to listen to the deluded opinions of people of the word when the word has already warned us and said do not be conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind he knew that there was a pattern of the world and he needed us to come out of it and be renewed and how can we be renewed by meditating on the word of god so the word of god is telling you to come out of that delusion come out of the empty opinions of the world then come out of the empty opinions of the world he doesn't want us living like people who have not given our hearts to Christ. Living anyhow, living in sin, sinful desires, all of these things. That is not what God wants for us. He wants us to embrace the life that he is giving us. The glorious life that he is giving us when we give our hearts to Christ. That is what he wants us to do. And so, I don't know if I read this bit, but... I'm going to start from verse 24. And to be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within, the glorious Christ within, that's the Holy Spirit, as your new life and live in union with him. For God has recreated you all over again in his perfect righteousness and you now belong to him in the realm of true holiness. Wow. So listen to this, guys. 25 so discard every form of dishonesty and lying so that you will be known as one who always speaks the truth for we all belong to one another don't let any form of lying be found in you be that one that would be like you know i don't care what the consequences are 
I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna just do what I need to do. Let no form of dishonesty be found in you. Speak the truth always. Always. And don't let the passion of your emotions lead you to sin. Don't let anger control you or be fuel for revenge. Not even for a day. And that's the thing. I understand Like sometimes you can be really upset. You can be angry. And I understand because I've been there. And But then, it's not the time for you to be like, okay, I'm going to take, I'm going to do you back. Do me, I do you. Or, you know, I'm going on a rage. Rage escapade. Slamming things. Don't let rage control you. Don't let anger control you. If anger can control you, that means the devil is controlling you. You know, so it's important to control your anger. It's important to, there's nothing wrong with being angry. But when you're angry, do not sin. Control that anger. Be be lord over that anger. Don't let the anger lord you. Okay, let's move on to verse 29. And never let ugly or hateful words come out of your mouth. But instead, let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. Honestly, that verse gets me every time. Because I always think people are like, oh, it's not about what you say. It's about how you say it. I beg to differ. It's about what you say and how you say it. It's both. Because I, I could say, oh my God, you're so stupid. That's not right. I shouldn't say that. No, that is ugly, right? That is not the right words I should say. Instead, I should say words like, you were kind, you're full of wisdom, you know, you made a mistake, but it's okay. Speak words of grace to help someone that is in need. And I know it's hard, especially when someone hurts you deeply. Hurts you deeply. And I understand that some moments when you don't even have the words because you've been so hurt. You've been hurt so deeply. And in those moments, I would say, take the time to be quiet. It's not the time for you to be going back and forth. Take that time to be quiet. Get your mind together. Get yourself together before you start saying something that you will look back and be like, okay, that that was wrong. I shouldn't have. Okay? And so let's continue. So verse 30. The Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Jesus Christ until you experience your full salvation. So never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted his holy influence in your life. Wow. You know, the Bible talks about don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't limit his his scope in your life. Be careful that you're not the one that is restricting the holy spirit from doing what he does best from flowing through you from displaying his perfections through you and so the last the last two verses i'm going to read that and it says lay aside bitter words temper tantrums revenge profanity and insults but instead be kind it also says be sweet and affectionate towards one another as God graciously forgiven you, then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. Hallelujah. And that's where I'm going to end today's episode. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. 
Um, and so now we're going to do the prayer of salvation for those that have not given their hearts to Christ. So just before we end today's episode, um, if you have not said the prayer of salvation, which means that you have not given your heart to Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to give your heart to Christ now. Um, so one of the big things that I have to emphasize is the fact that you have to believe completely um, with all of your heart and you have to speak forth. So which means you have to say it um, whilst believing in your heart now it is not enough to believe you have to believe and speak um, and it's not enough to speak without believing so it requires both so now i'm going to say the prayer of salvation and i need you to repeat it after me oh lord god i believe with all my heart in jesus christ son of the living god i believe he died for me and God raised him from the dead. I believe he's alive today and forevermore. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. From this day, through him and in his name, I have eternal life. I am born again. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. I am now a child of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you have said this prayer, welcome to the family of God. You are now a child of God. You are now born again. You can confidently say, I am born again. Glory to God. And so now if you want to learn more about how to live your life as a born-again Christian, I will encourage you to go back and listen to every single episode on this podcast. Just keep listening and you will continue to see the transformation in your life. And also, I will encourage you to go out there, go on Google and search for Now That You Are Born Again by Chris Oyakilome. And if you review that, you will see in the book it explains carefully what happens now that you've given your heart to christ it explains clearly what you have received as a child of god and so i will encourage you to actually go and read the book it's a really short book it's a pdf um, version and it is free online too and if for whatever reason you're unable to get the book just send me a direct message on christian therapy um um using the christian therapy handle um on instagram um yeah so just send me a direct message and i will organize for it to be sent to you so yeah thank you so much um for listening to today's episode god bless you and i will see you next time bye